following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 13. We are continuing uh, to talk about the whole thing of having a secret life, of living from the secret place. Uh, There's many ways that we have discussed it and talked about it. Renee did an awesome job uh, talking about it last week and about, uh, and, and even the week before that, about living from the inner life, and the inner life is fed from the secret life and from time spent with God. I want to bring a little different perspective this morning. I want to suggest to you that we can get too religious about the secret place. What What did he just say, Nate? I said, we can get so religious about the secret place that we miss the whole purpose. When you and I were born again, we were born into Living Waters Church. No. When you and I were born again, we were born into the Church Universal. Yes, but not really. When you and I were born again, we were born into a kingdom. And it is an upside-down kingdom, and it is a radical kingdom, and it is a kingdom that's totally different. And so all throughout Scripture, especially the Gospels, we find Jesus coming as the king of the kingdom, by the way, educating his followers on what it looks like to be Uh, a part of the kingdom, and what the kingdom is like. And I said it a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. There are a number of principles. They are kingdom principles. They are exact opposite uh, to what is the kingdom of this world. And um, we're not going to take time to go into them, but there is a number of them. And they're simply principles that confront Uh, the norms and confront the natural life so that we can live the spiritual life because this kingdom is spiritual in nature. In fact, Jesus said, don't look for it over here and don't look for it over there. Be careful when someone says, oh, it's over there. No, no, no. The kingdom is in you and the kingdom is in me. And it comes with the entrance and the coronation, even as... uh, Colleen shared this morning when she opened just a piece of her testimony of when she came to the Lord and when she let the king in, all of a sudden she couldn't hold her hands down. Why? Because there was a change that took place, a spiritual dramatic change and a spirit man of the uh, rebellious girl, and she was, came alive And all of a sudden, she's a new creation, and old things pass away, and it takes time, and they're still passing away. (laughs) Oh, don't laugh. They're passing away in your life, too, and in mine. But the reality is, we're born anew, but we're born into the kingdom. And so it's good for us to understand, what is this kingdom like, and how does it work? 
So I want to talk this morning about developing a kingdom lifestyle. And the reason we want to develop a kingdom lifestyle is because as we do that, then everywhere we go, we bring kingdom culture. And we bring the kingdom. Some of you, some of us, would love to have the kingdom culture in our homes, but you need to know the only thing that will breed kingdom culture is kingdom lifestyle. By the way, not church lifestyle, not religion. The kingdom of God, in my personal opinion, is the least religious kingdom on the planet. Come with me. How are we going to get there, Lord? What did I just say? Luke chapter 13, verse 18. What is the kingdom of God like, and to what shall I compare it? Now remember, this is the king trying to get his followers to understand the kingdom of God, that he is in the process of ushering in. It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Our tendency... You want a mustard tree? Okay. Our tendency is to plant trees instead of seeds. We tend to want to do whatever we can do to make things happen, to help God. You want a tree? I'll plant a tree. That's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is to plant a seed. No, no, no. Do you know all the time you could save if you just would plant a tree? You can plant a tree. You see those big trees right out there? We planted them there. When we built this building, there, were, there, was, there was a lot of trees where this building sits. And the city required that we... Uh, save some of the trees and we were limited in how many trees we could take out and we were limited on how many trees we had to have for shade for the hornets whatever <laughs> so those there's i think there's five of them if i remember right those big trees all along that property line over there we paid 75 dollar a piece each to have them spaded out of the ground from over in this area, right where you're sitting. Just kidding. But we had a big spade shovel truck move them from where they were to where they are. You can plant a tree. God, if you want a tree, I'll plant a tree. No, plant a seed. When it comes to, and it, whether, whether it's things in our own life or in the lives of our kids, of our families, of our households, of our friends, whatever it is, we tend to want to 
do the grandiose things and fix it and change it. But the way of the kingdom is to plant a seed. Colleen and I were talking about this week, and she said something. I said, I'm going to use that in my sermon. She said, there's times when you have to take your hands off and just put them up. And do you know one of the best places to put your hands up is in a secret place. You take your hands off the situation and you put your hands and you raise your hands up to God and you plant a seed. Some of you may have children that you're concerned about. Can I encourage you in the way of the kingdom? You remember last time I had opportunity to preach. I preached about the kingdom principle of hiddenness. Can I encourage you to have a confidence in the incorruptible seed of the gospel that's planted in your kids? By you, by others. And to trust the seed. I want to see a tree. I'll just plant a tree. No, no. <laughs> trust the process. Put your confidence in the seed. Because when you put your confidence in the seed, it's out of your hands. And that's what we don't like many times. In another place, Jesus said it this way. The kingdom of God is as if a man planted a seed. And then he went to bed by night and he arose by day. And how it grows, he does not know. But eventually, and here's the problem we have with seed theology. Or the principle of planting a seed. It takes time. And I don't like it. Because I've got an agenda. And I've got a timetable. And the seed takes too long. Do you realize that when you plant a seed, you have given up the right to know when it'll come forth? And then once it does come forth, in fact, that I was telling you, it's, it goes on to say he goes to bed by night, he rises by day. How it grows, he does not go. No, but eventually comes the blade. How many of you have ever planted a garden and all of a sudden you see just the hint of it showing up? You can see the row. Oh, hallelujah. The seed's alive. No, no, the seed is dead. But the life is coming out of the seed. Except a seed fall to the ground and die, Jesus said. It can by no forth bring forth life. And so to live a, a uh, kingdom lifestyle is to have a confidence in God and a, and a disregard for what I can do and what I can fix. And the best place to plant seeds is in the secret place. Just you and God. Do you know why God called David a man after his own heart? I believe because David was so radically honest with God. Some of you are too nice to tell God what you really think. 
Sometimes we're too nice to let God know, I'm ticked off. And yet it's the healthiest thing you could ever do. This isn't fair. Maybe. It says in the scriptures, who are you? Who am I to counsel God? Put confidence in seed. Put confidence in what God is doing beyond. Put confidence in the Holy Spirit to be able to bring conviction in situations and His love and His working in situations. Many times we have we want to fix things and we want to uh, plant a tree. We want to set up parameters just right so that we will get the desired outcome in the lives of others. Do you know that if you and I become overly religious about our secret place time with God, we will become judgmental? How do you think I know this? I remember once I was talking to someone, and I don't even remember what I said, but he said, wow, you must really love God. And a red light went on inside me. By the way, red lights are not good. It's like, and I began to process that with the Lord, and I realized that I was behaving more like Peter than I was John. You remember Peter, don't you? He was always very eager to let people know how much he loved God. He was always very eager to let Jesus know how devoted he was to Jesus. It was Peter that when Jesus laid out the salvation plan of going to the cross, Peter said, not so, Lord, <laughs> not on my watch. That's the time when Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You savor the things of man rather than the things of God. And I'm, Peter was a devoted man. However, he never took the time to write a gospel. Just saying. He was focused on his adoration and his love for God. We know on several occasions the disciples argued about who, which one of them would be the greatest. And I think... Peter helped lead the discussion. It's just my personal opinion. John, on the other hand, had a revelation, and his revelation was that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. 
John did not celebrate his love for Jesus. He celebrated Jesus' love for him. And I want to suggest that in the secret place, if we're not careful, we become so religious that we measure uh, our, oh, shall we say, devotion to God by whatever measuring we want to use, whether it's time, whatever, duration, doesn't matter. And we lose the reality of the fact that the real reason to be in the secret place is to be a recipient of his love for me. The reason to be in the secret place is to refuse to plant a tree in this situation or that situation and put my confidence in a seed that's planted in the hidden place. Nobody knows it. No one can see it. I want to suggest for us that our parents, grandparents, that have those family members that we're praying for, we can do more for the situation in the secret place than we ever can out in the open. We can do far more by planting seeds than we can by trying to plant trees. You see, when we plant a seed, it isn't about the present, it's about the future. Do you know that of all the people you know, the most patient person you know is God? He is so patient. If you and I had been God, we would have had Jesus come into the scene as an adult, not a little infant baby, a seed. We can go further back than that. We certainly wouldn't have implanted him into a little teenage girl who had to live with the ridicule of what appeared to be an unwanted pregnancy. But God always works in seed form. God is about the seed because here's the deal. The life is in the seed. And it's out of my control and out of yours. Because you know what a seed does? It brings everything into God's timing. Sometimes we want something and we want it now. A seed, planting a seed puts it in the hand of God to bring forth fruit in due season, at His time, at the right time, in the right way, the right place. Let's read on. Well, no. Let's turn to Colossians. I just want to I, I drive home this thing. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. The Apostle Paul has just been talking about what was accomplished at the cross. 
and he makes mention that the handwriting of requirements that stood against us and stood in judgment of us got destroyed at the cross. In fact, it says that um, Jesus disarmed powers and principalities and made a public spectacle of, over them, triumphing over them in the, at the cross. That I looked up that word once, and some of you today, when you watch the Super Bowl, are going to see the meaning of that word, triumphant. The real meaning, the real thought is like spiking the football. It's like that celebratory, yes, just scored. Spiking the football celebration. I don't know that Jesus danced like some of those guys dance. <laughs> I don't get it. I agree with Bud Grant. They should score a touchdown and act like they've done it before. But anyway. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. So let no one, because of what Christ did, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility or worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his own fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, I want you to catch this, verse 18, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if we died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have a, an appearance of wisdom and a self-imposed religion. I'm speaking this morning to encourage us to adopt and adapt to a kingdom of God lifestyle because it's the greatest deterrent of a self-imposed religion. Do you know we can put ourselves under a lot of rules and regulations even as it relates to the secret place? And the challenge then becomes we want to put those rules and regulations on others. And there is a danger of imposing the religion that we imposed upon ourselves, upon others. Don't do that. Adopt a kingdom of life, lifestyle, that is hands off, that gives freedom and liberty to ourselves and to others. To be led of the Spirit, to be led by God, to be led by the grace of God, We want to be a people who have more confidence in planting seeds than we do trees. That is to say, we have more confidence in what God can do than what we can do to help him. I'm not saying you should never plant a tree, but I wouldn't unless you're led to. I'm speaking spiritually now. 
I have much more confidence in the planting of seeds than I do of trees. Oh, my. Um, I want to bring this into raising children. I'm not sure why I'm going here, but I'm going to go here. I have learned that you can tell little Timmy to sit down and be quiet. And if you're big enough and loud enough, Timmy might sit down and be quiet on the outside, but he's still standing up and shouting on the inside. And I have learned that you're far wiser to steward Timmy's heart than you are his behavior. Timmy's an imaginary name, by the way. If your name is Tim. <laughs> it is important to recognize that we need, we need to have more confidence in planting a seed and letting it germinate and grow than trying to force the planting of a tree. Because trees look nice. I know none of you do it, but you, do you know that there are some parents that are correcting their kids because of the way it makes them look? I mean, not you would do that, but th those people. <laughs> and so we'd rather plant a tree and make something visible that looks good than to plant a seed and wait for the seed to germinate and bring forth fruit in God's time and in God's way. If we have that mentality, then discipline is never about the past or the present, it's about the future. In fact, in in John chapter 15, about the pruning of the vine. It, is, it isn't about punishment for the past, it's about preparation for the future. And so it is with discipline and the training up our children in the way that they should go, futuristic. It's very important that we allow time for things to develop in those around us. One danger that we can have, especially as it comes to the secret place life, is we can have a tremendous grace on our life. And we lose the sight of the fact that it is grace. It is the grace of God. I would encourage you to read on in Luke chapter 13 because it talks about uh, the sowing of leaven into a lump of, and I don't have time to go there, but there are nuggets you can pull out of there. It's the same principle. Renee talked about it last week with the woman with a little bit of oil. It was just a seed. 
of a much bigger thing that God was going to do, but it was the seed. Cultivating a kingdom lifestyle of giving liberty and freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The kingdom lifestyle allows us to keep our hands off situations and things that are beyond our control and to raise them in the secret place to God and bring any concerns we have to Him. It's in the secret place that we plant a seed that eventually will produce a tree. And you know what? It'll be a way better tree than you would have ever planted or I would have ever planted because it's God working and it comes forth in His time. Have confidence in the incorruptible seed that's working in your life and in the lives of those you love and of those you're believing for. The seed is real. It's the truth. It's the word of God. In the parable of the seed and the sower, Jesus said the seed is the word of God. And it can be scripture, but it can also be declaration. It can be declarations of love from a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa or brother or sister or whatever the situation is. Allow God to bring forth fruit out of your time with Him in His way and in His timing. Let's stand together. Father, we thank You for Your Word to us. We thank you for the encouragement to recognize that we are seed sowers, even as it relates to being in the secret place, words of prayer, worship of prayer, declarations. We thank you for the privilege you give us to set things in motion with our voice, even as you did, but it takes place in the secret place, and it takes place uh, with an awareness and a faith that you were at work and that you will accomplish more than we ever could. And we just thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.